Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Bernstein and Holmes. Middays 10 to 2. On Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. In Odyssey Station. Do you have the first pick? There are people that sit there. Quarterback might be available there. You're saying Justin's your guy. Well, we're going to do the same as we've always done. We're going to evaluate the draft class. And I would say this, I'd have to be absolutely blown away to make that type of decision. Gabe Ramirez, Marshall Harris from CBS2 hanging out today, filling in for Bernstein and Holmes. A little younger, a little better looking. Eh, just, I love throwing shade at the hosts when I come in here. Now, hold up. I I, I love I love those guys. Um, I, I listen to the show every day coming into work. And, um... We're not gonna bring. We're not. We're not gonna be ageist. There's a lot of things. <laughs> it is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. So I believe in equality. What is that to do? Equity. Me, talking, me giving uh, little jabs at Bernstein and Holmes. I mean, cause I, I just try to have a little reverence, okay. just like I have reverence for you and, and okay. your bad opinions. You know. Hey, there, and there there are a plenty here. And you guys got uh, three more hours of it because we are here till two o'clock, hanging out. We got uh, Julia Poe coming on um, at eleven twenty to talk some Chicago Bulls after they defeated. The Golden State Warriors yesterday. That'll be a good conversation. Um, but right now we're going to continue ours regarding Justin Fields, the Chicago Bears. Let's go out to the phone lines, 312-644-6767. we got John in Logan Square. John, what's your company doing uh, about uh, about what's going on today? Yeah, so I work for Blue Cross Blue Shield of Illinois. You know, we're the tall building kind of near you guys on, on Randolph. And um, what we're doing today is a day on, not a day off for MLK, even though we're not working and they provided us with like a slew of volunteer opportunities from assisting seniors with uh, sewing police blankets, donating clothing, toys for kids, and underserved communities. So I thought it'd be cool to just promote Blue Cross Blue Shield of Illinois and what they're doing today. And then I had a question about uh, the Bears coaching. I'm not a fan of Beaver Flues. Would the Bears consider hiring a Brandis Daly if he became available? Uh, I think the Bears are set with their with their coaching staff right now, unless there's some sort of departure. The only person that Bears fans are up in arms about wanting to bring – to the city is Lovey Smith to coach the defense. Listen, <laughs> Matty Rufus has been here for how long? A cu- cup of coffee. Okay. Do you remember Monday Night Football Week One? Tell me you remember. Of course. Sliding in the sliding in the end zone, feeling good. No, 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 no. Monday Night Football. I'm talking about the Broncos. Oh, oh, I thought you were talking about for the Bears. No, no, no. I got oh, you. I got you. I, I got you. Okay. Some some bad coaching decisions resulted in an impossible field goal. And they did not let Russ cook. Right. Okay? That head coach no longer has a job. It was his first. (laughs) That's the type of mistakes you have to make to get fired after one year as a head coach. Everybody knew what the plan was. Yeah. Everybody was on board with the the quasi-tank, if that's what we want to call it. So I don't think getting rid of him. You know, essentially, he's asking the same question about head coach that we've heard asked about quarterback. Like, you want to come in and just replace him and, yeah, no. and upgrade. It's foolish. It's foolish. It's foolish and, and I knew, I knew, I knew you were going to say that. Take some of your time that you're you're allowed to do volunteer work and 
and do a little bit of more research. What? <laughs> not you. Not you. Oh. I'm talking about Buddy that was saying that his job gave him the day on instead of the day oh, off. I, li- I like that. Though. Yeah, yeah, just a little bit more. Sp- I do like that. Yeah. More, 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 more companies should do things like that. Shout out Blue Cross Blue Shield. Uh, all right, so let's get into our conversation that we were talking about, uh, Marshall, that obviously you got Houston at number two. You got Indianapolis at number four. Two teams that could potentially be partners uh, with the Chicago Bears moving out of that number one spot. Joe Ostrowski tweeted last week that the odds for the Bears to trade that number one pick went from like minus 180 to minus 600. It's pretty much it, that it's inevitable that they're going to trade it. Uh, but but who do you see outside of those two teams that could potentially find their way uh, into the, 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 the phone lines of Ryan Poles and try to put together some sort of package? Because, I mean, there are guys to be had at the number one slot. And, and if you feel strongly that another team is smitten – over one of these quarterbacks, or even even one of the defensive players, I think a lot of people are discounting, you know, guys like Jalen Carter and Will Anderson Jr. That you know maybe there's a team sitting, you know, like the Arizona Cardinals or, or Seattle or somebody like that that says I want that defensive guy and I'm willing to move up over everybody in order to get somebody like that. But who do you think could be another team that may be sitting in the top twelve picks or thirteen picks uh, that that could be another partner for the Bears? Okay, so at first glance, I would say like the Carolina Panthers, right? Right. They, they need a quarterback. They, they need to figure it out, what they want to do at quarterback. Um, and I, I think the other one that jumps out at me, but they don't necessarily need a quarterback, but hey, always available to make a splash, the Raiders, man. Because the Raiders be doing Raiders things. Raiders going to Raider. Yeah, they gonna, they, they're going to Raider, and they're going to they're gonna get rid of some stuff and do some weird things because they think that's what's right. But they're losing. Probably going to lose Josh Jacobs. Obviously, Derek Carr more than likely not going to be there next year. The possibility still remains that he could um, head back there, but that's- oh no, Derek Carr had that that goodbye post on Instagram. <laughs> I was like, oh, you you really ain't coming back. You know, you you sending somebody to go pick up your stuff. You know, Devontae Adams could walk into the coach's office and be like, hey, you need to fix the situation. You need to you need to you need to fix. It. But they could be a team, which is right. That's what the question is, right? Somebody else that's out there that could leapfrog some of these teams. The Raiders could be in that position. I wonder if Carolina is a team that's like. No, we're not going to give up draft capital. We'll we'll stand pat and let like you know somebody else fall down. Is CJ Stroud going to is, is he going to declare for the draft yet or what? I, I that's a great question. He did announce uh, earlier today. That oh, he did. earlier today he did. Yes. Okay, see that's Sorry. what happens when you wake up late and you got to get right to. I didn't go to the gym. If like I you. if I should if I, hey if I had stayed home and read more instead of going to the gym, <laughs> I probably know that. Okay, it was probably early well, that's morning. Good. A lot of people were sweating that. They're like, all this nil money. Is he going to just stick around and 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 wait and see what happens? But a guy like C.J. Stroud, there you go. You know, he could be someone that could potentially slip down to number nine. And you might be rolling your eyes like, Gabe, come on, these are the two best quarterbacks. We've seen enough NFL drafts to know that guys slip and fall because other teams have, have other positions in mind. And we've also seen teams fall in love with guys they should, probably shouldn't have fallen in love with. You Bears. Know? Bears. <sighs> Trubisky Bears. I, I, I understand. Also, the Falcons, you can't discount them. I don't know what they're going to do with their quarterback situation. Yeah, they don't want they, they don't want Ritter to uh, be, the, be the man. And obviously, Mariota, when he left the team after they benched him. But again, it's about ownership. Like, like we were talking about earlier, being thirsty. Like, who's thirsty enough to move up to that number one spot? Like, what team feels as though they are a quarterback? Is it, is it Seattle? Are they sticking with Geno Smith? Are they going to let him walk in free agency? Or do they? you think that they're – see, that's a team where I could see, all right, you keep Geno because you saw he's – Decent, Chicago decent. And then you can pick up, you know, you can get a, a, a one of these guys that slips down, um, a defender to make your team that much better. Get your Legion of Boom back. Who's thirsty enough? And, and But but also Seattle could have their eye on a quarterback be like, it's not, it's not you know, Younger make or break. Yeah. Right. Oh, I see what you're saying. 
Atlanta could be. I mean, I think Atlanta's a good one. I think that's what it is because they have a, a, an owner who is thirsty and does want to win and is tired of seeing his team lose and and thought that Mariota could be that band aid and Riz, Ritter would be the the guy to step up. And some teams like the Colts are just they're just tired of losing and being in that situation. I had the the luxury of having JJ Stankovitz on the show last week. He's a senior writer at uh, Colts dot com and. He was just like, Gabe, everybody in Chicago, my family, friends, everybody's talking about the Colts are going to give up everything. They don't even got a coach. And the GM, Chris Ballard, said that he might not even be there, you know, in a couple of weeks. So, I mean, we can sit here and say that the Colts are going to be the team and the Bears are going to trade down, but that's not set in stone. I, you're saying the Bears trading down is not set in stone? No, that the Colts will be the team that they trade oh, with. Oh, no, that's definitely not set in stone. Right. I, I Look. You got to do the Ryan Poles thing and do your due diligence and figure out what's the best you can get. I mean, you go back and look, and I think the last uh, trade for a number one pick was the Rams, right? Mm-hmm. And the Titans. Yeah. Jared Goff. So, so the Titans had to give up, or sorry, the Rams had to give up a pretty penny for that. And if the Bears can get something similar, you do it every time. Every time. Because you've got all these needs. What's too, so what's many holes. Too, what's too little for you? What would you be angry about if the Bears if Bears got something in return, what would that be? The, like the Bears a, need to get at least a one and a three this year, and then uh, a one next year. See that two, two ones, two, two ones, two ones is what you need. Okay, because because people always say they'll give you the one and the three this year, and then the following year you'll get like a, a, a two and a three. But for me, I'd be upset if there isn't another first round pick attached to that 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 trade. Yeah, like you're. That would that's be frustrating. What, that, well, that's what I'm saying. You're you're basically switching spots with whoever you're right. trading with. But another, and first then you round need pick. to get their first round yeah, pick next yeah, year. Yeah, 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 that's 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 what you need. And then I'm smiling, you can figure it out in terms <laughs> of all right. But you get our fourth round pick, and right. we get your sixth right. round yeah, pick. Right. Like all that's, that stuff does in the deal. But but yeah. look, at the end of the day, yo, I need more. I need more top end talent on my team. You got to you, give up the number one overall pick. You got any more of those? Number one picks. Exactly. <laughs> you got any more of those first round picks? Yeah. I, I need that. Chappelle I need that. show style. It's Gabe Ramirez, Marshall Harris from CBS2 hanging out on 670. The score filling in for Bernstein and Holmes. Let's go out to the phone lines. We got somebody who has a, another team that might move up to that number one slot. Let's go to Sean on the south side. What's that team for you? Who do you think is sneaking in there and jump to that number one spot? Sean, who do you think that team could be? Yeah, who do you think that team could be? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, so I was thinking about the um, the Washington Commanders. What do you think about Washington Commanders switching places with the um, uh, with the first round pick and offering us Terry McLaurin and Chase Young? And that way, Washington moves up. <laughs> and Chase Young, pick. damn. Yeah, I mean, well, look. Well, no, there's 16. He like for them to get from right. 16 We're, to exactly, one, you got to give up exactly, some some players. Exactly. So look, they 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 somewhat have Terry McLaurin's replacement in this other wide receiver. Yeah, yeah. They were winning games with their front line with Chase Young was first. So you think about they getting the number one pick now. So they might want to if they get the number one pick now, they can will and deal and do all the things that, you know, we said the Bears can do. And the Bears solve their problem at a receiver and you get, you know, get that pass rush and you're still in the first round. You know, so I'm just thinking about you know, Washington, like they they were they their quarterback position is not, you know, it's kinda like sketchy. You know, and it has been for some years, for sure. I totally understand that. Uh, appreciate the call, Sean. You bring up a, a good point there because that's what the whole conversation is, right? What other teams are out there? But when you're looking at the draft capital for the Washington Commanders, they got their first-round pick, their second-round pick, a fourth, the fifth, the sixth, and the seventh. It's like, you're going to have to give up a guy like Chase Young if you really want to get – Yeah, I mean, but, but they're not giving up Chase Young. They, they have talent on the team, and it's just 
it comes to a point of what direction do we want to go in? Are we in a rebuild? Are we trying to reload? Are we trying to like when you're talking about needing a new quarterback? That is franchise altering, no matter how you look right. at it. Whether you're losing a top of the line guy, whether you're trying to get a top of the line guy, whether you're going from used car to used car, <laughs> however you want to put it, like that's that's what the Commanders have been doing. <laughs> I, well, I mean, if you would, yeah, since Kirk Cousins left. And, you know, we can have a whole conversation on Kirk Cousins and why just Oof. nothing has surprised me about what has transpired this season Oof. from start to finish. Um, but I, I, th- I think the bigger point is for the commanders to get from 16 to 1, you're going to have to give up players who can play f- play football. It'll be interesting. And it's, 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 cool. it's a cool position to be in. And I think that's what's most exciting for Bears fans is that, you know, since 1947, the Bears have not had a number one pick. So to, to be in, in this in this space where you control the destiny of not only your team, but some others that are in the NFL. It's pretty cool. I mean, geez, it's like at the beginning of the season, what did you want? This. You wanted to have a high draft pick so you can change the course of your team, and you also wanted to have a ton of money so you can add some um, add some pieces as well. Marshall, do you think that with the money that they have, it's going to be spread around to both sides of the ball, or do you think they're going like, heavy on like a particular couple of defensive players or offensive players, and then they're using the draft to do the opposite. I think anybody who's ever played football, anybody who's followed football, anybody who's watched football, understands what the priorities are. And if you ask Ryan Poles, what position did you play again? Yeah, offensive line. Starts in the trenches, man. The defensive line is an eyesore. (laughs) It is. And I feel bad for those guys because, you know, they wanted to play well, but when you see like Mike Pinnell Jr., get a tack, one tackle in two games, and he goes crazy like if he, you know. But that's how bad it was, that you had to celebrate those small victories. Yeah, so I, you know, I don't, I don't blame the players who got their opportunities who weren't up to snuff. Like, you're, right. you're not as good as – everybody's getting paid to play, right? Yeah. And you're not as good as the players across from you. You do the best you can. I don't feel like the Bears ever quit, though. No, you know? no. And that's not- the thing. Like, that's why I'm okay with Eberflus because it wasn't like – I think at a certain point, the players know what it is, too. When players get hurt and you see how down – like when the couple of weeks where they didn't have Brisker, Gordon, uh, Jackson was out, it was just like, what exactly did you expect the Bears' defense yeah. to do? Even when you have the next guys up, the, the DeAndre Houston Carsons of the world. Like, they can only do so much. And the Bears would still be in these games for three quarters of the game, sometimes unreal. to the last drive. It was un. Rio, what the Bears are doing on the defensive side of the ball without any talent. It was... All right, uh, we are going to uh, take a quick break. It's Gabe Ramirez, Marshall Harris from CBS2 hanging out on 670, the score. On the other side, we're going to switch conversations. Talk about these Bulls, man. Yeah. Uh, Just defeated the Golden State Warriors. Uh, And we get to talk to Julia Poe from the Chicago Tribune. What did she see in that game that led to the Bulls' victory? We'll find out after the break. It's Gabe, it's Marshall Right here on 670 The Score. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Here's the high-low feed to Vooch on the right elbow to Crusoe at the foul line with an up and under with a scoop of the right hand. No, put back by Vooch twice. Got it. And Vooch with 43 is tied his career high. Wow. The Vooch, the Vooch, the Vooch is on fire. We don't need no water. We're going to let that bang burn. Let, let that what burn again? Bang. Oh, okay. That's bang. what we're doing. Okay. Yeah. Um, See, that's what your radio edits. You're, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I got two babies, so I just... Oh, okay. That's fair. That's kind of the same thing. It's Gabe Ramirez, Marshall Harris from CBS2 hanging out on 670 to score, of course. That was the final two points for Nikola Vucevic. It looked effortless is what it looked. It's 43 points. I mean, it it didn't seem like anything different than he normally did. Hit a couple threes, nice around the rim, knocked some free throws down, you know, moved the ball well. So it it was shocking. But when you're looking at that Golden State Warriors team, they didn't have a guy that would like be pesty, you know. When you look at like Jacob Poto from the, 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 the San Antonio Spurs, guys like that give Vooch fits, but there was no one like that on this Golden State team. Uh, but we do get to talk to someone right now that can kind of explain why he was so successful yesterday. Joining us on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book, um, covering the Bulls for the Chicago Tribune. It is none other than Julia Poe. Julia, what's up? Thanks for coming on the show again. Hey, yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. Of course. So so what what is it that you saw? Because for me, Julia, it didn't seem – there wasn't much deviation from a typical Vooch game. But now here we are 43 points later and, and a Bulls victory. What, what did you see that was the difference? Yeah, I think it was just a good job on behalf of both the coaching staff and also Vooch himself of just recognizing where those mismatches exist. There's some games where Vooch is not going to have the advantage in terms of size being able to get to his spots there's some games where he will this was one of those and they really took advantage of that really from the jump just understood that they needed to feed him early and often and he was able to capitalize on it julia i i we talked about this saturday before the game <laughs> about how the bulls they, they they're really good about playing down to their competition and then playing up to their competition depending on which side of the good or bad they are on, and certainly the Warriors are the defending world champs. So I know you, like me, were not surprised to see the Bulls win that game. Can this continue? I mean, or is this just what it is for the Bulls this season? Yeah, I think the consistency is really the thing that's starting to become confounding. You know, for the team itself, I mean, the players talk about it, coaches talk about it. The real frustration is just that they know they get these home games against these, you know, elite top teams in both conferences and they they show up to them they play at the top of their abilities and then you know you'll have those inconsistencies where you just have an unexpected upset to a team that should be an easy beat for them so I think that that's really where it's at the consistency I think is kind of the most frustrating thing to nail down because Billy Donovan has talked about it a lot his his players know what they need to do they understand the game plan going in night in night out sometimes it's there sometimes it's not and figuring out where that disconnect is, that's, that's what's necessary to get them up over the line. Yeah, and it's frustrating because you see them play a team like Golden State yesterday, and 
And you saw, I don't want to say that they were coming in lazy, but, you know, they fell victim to something that the Bulls fall victim to often, which you were just mentioning, Marshall, is that you played down to your competition. And I'm sure the Golden State Warriors thought, we got a full squad, we're ready to go, we're probably going to knock these guys out, they don't got a DeMar. But then you see the effort on the other side for the Chicago Bulls. Bulls, next game is in Paris against Detroit. Um, and I guess to continue that conversation, what what do they need to do? I mean, you talk about the focus, right? Uh, but is it on the defensive end or is it, you know, taking better shots in order to beat the teams that they should like a Detroit Pistons? I think it does come from the defensive end first. And that's really where you kind of see this team get bogged down in first quarters, especially, but also sometimes in third quarters coming out from the half. We even saw that yesterday against Golden State is just being able to apply that pressure. This is a team that's really good on the run. They're great in transition. They can score in transition well, but when they allow themselves to get into a situation where another team is getting a lot of second chance looks, a lot of looks from three point range that are, you know, bouncing out that sort of thing. That's kind of where they get bogged down and just not being able to actually set their own rhythm and their own pace in a game. So that's what worked yesterday against Golden State. It was Vooch, but it was also just from the beginning, they took the top of that perimeter really personally and the defense that they were applying there really spread to the rest of their game. Well, we saw with the 23 turnovers, the Warriors playing as they are wont to do, lackadaisical. And a lot of times they can just play lackadaisical and then they come back and win the game. And, and they, they came back and made it a tight game at one point, but the Bulls kind of held on and persevered. Zach Levine, he's the, the big money man now. So, like, when things go wrong, they're going to look at him. He had 27 points, you know, just 7 of 18 from the field, but he leaned on Vooch like everybody else did. My question is, going forward, when, when DeMar DeRozan is, is – is reintegrated into this lineup, mm. will they be able to get things together on both sides of the ball, offensively and defensively, to get more than a play-in spot? Because, you know, they're sitting in a play-in spot right now. They're at 10. Like I I feel like everyone believes that's where they're going to end up. Is there a chance that something happens that, that says, okay, no, we're going to be a top-six team in the East? Yeah, I mean, I think just getting up over, like you said, over that line to even be a play-in team is the first step right now. I mean, they have just not been able to budge out of really this 10-11 spot that they've been kind of just flitting up and down between for such a long time. And I think you kind of bring up an interesting point there about once DeMar comes in, it's kind of back to the same battle that they've been having since they put together this you know big three of all-stars of figuring out how to get all three of these guys to click at the same time. It's not necessarily a coincidence that Booch is having a career high night when DeMar is out. And on one hand, you want that. You want your all-stars to be able to step up when another guy is down. But I think that they're still really trying to figure out how to get that cohesive offense running. And we were seeing that in that run of wins that they had. What that was built upon was DeMar, Vooch, and Zach, all three being able to perform together on the offensive side of the ball. And that's the kind of thing that can really keep this team winning games, even when the defense is still hit or miss. We got Julia Poe from the Chicago Tribune hanging out with us here on 670 The Score. I'm Gabe Ramirez, joined by Marshall Harris. Julia, I'm watching the game against Golden State, and in the middle of the game, I started to think to myself, why are they trying to partake in a three-point contest with the Golden State Warriors, knowing that they're the inferior team when it comes to that? But but the opposite side of the argument is we keep asking for the Bulls to shoot more three-pointers, and they did, Mm -hmm. 39 of them in this game. Do you think that that could be a recipe for success for the Chicago Bulls just to put up more threes because statistically we know that works? Or do you think this was just an anomaly and they were just trying to go toe-to-toe against the Warriors? It's 
definitely not an anomaly. We've kind of seen that number trending up a little bit more in, I would say, the last, like, 10 games or so of just more attempts. Uh, you know, and it, it's kind of an interesting crystallization of it when you've got, you know, uh, the team in the league that takes the most three-pointers against the team that takes the absolute least, mm-hmm. uh, which was what yesterday's game was. Um, so I don't, I don't think that's necessarily a anomaly because this team knows that they don't take enough three-pointers. They know that that is an area they need to get better in, but they only have a select few players that can really address that problem. That's Zach Levine, Kobe White. Some of the other guards can get in there and help. Vooch gets in there a little bit, but it really is on some of those, you know, it really is only on a couple of those players, but you are seeing that attempt being made of getting that volume up because they're just not able to hang with teams offensively on a consistent basis if they don't. I I was shocked because Alex Caruso came out blazing. Well, you know why, though? Wait, you know why, though, right? Because of the trade rumors. So they're like, oh, Alex Cruz to the Golden State Warriors. So he thought it was an audition. He oh. thought he thought he was putting off for this. He's like, did you guys see that? You see that defense? You had three I just made? Listen, I, I'll <laughs> say this, Julia. We know the trade deadline's right around the corner. I mean, we're less than a month away right now. And I, I'm looking at this Bulls team, and I don't know if they're going up, down, sideways, left, right, <laughs> up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B.A. Shout out Contra. Shout out Contra. Yeah, like, I, I don't know. Do you Told have, you I'm older than you. Do you, <laughs> do, do you have a sense of, of what they're going to do or try to do or – are they buyers, sellers, stand still, waiting for Lonzo Ball to come back next season sometime? Yeah, I mean, bringing up the Lonzo Ball point is a, a great note to add in just because that really is where so much of the uncertainty just for this entire roster comes from. But, you know, in terms of the trade deadline, when you look at it, it it's strange because consistency has been such a continual note for this team for about a year and a half now. We know that. We've heard them say it. Every time we get up to a deadline, there's always obviously a lot of questions, but it really does seem like, at least in terms of any calls to blow things up, that does not seem to be on the horizon at all. There might be some smaller moves, smaller changes, but in terms of what this team has right now and what they're looking at, they're trying to get a good look at their complete package together for once. And that's still not a possibility with Lonzo out. We don't know when he's coming back. Really, nobody is certain or clear on what the future looks like for him. And so with that kind of massive question mark hanging, it does kind of tie them down just in how much they really can do when you've got such a big and also expensive player just kind of completely taken out of the equation there. Yeah, and I I will look at, you know, the roster. If you're looking at the construct of it, you do love, you know, what you've been able to get from your bench. And and the second team for the Chicago Bulls has just been phenomenal, starting with, you know, Kobe White, how he's been playing as of late. Goran Dragic started off the season well, but it seems – I don't know if you've noticed it, Julia. These last, like, two weeks, he's kind of, I don't want to say, like, falling off a cliff. But, you know, when you get a little older, you know, when you when you first get to the gym, you're knocking down shots because you got all the energy. But, you know, 30 minutes in for me, Julia, I got my hands on my knees and I'm panting. Is that what we're experiencing from Goran Dragic? Well, I think the difficulty for Goran started a little bit earlier when he took that shoulder injury. And that that was to his shooting arm. And it really he really never snapped back into that early season form that you're talking about since then. I would not be surprised if durability was a concern there, just in terms of, you know, we've seen him take some of those rest games off already, just in terms of trying to keep him healthy and able to be active. I think what I do like that he's been able to do, though, regardless of whether he's scoring from the three-point line, is that his ball distribution is still a huge help to that secondary unit. And that's been a little bit of a lift for that group. They didn't really have kind of that martial for the secondary unit last season. And that's kind of helped them be a little bit calmer, a little bit quicker in transition and just kind of have 
a little bit of a better sense of organization when they're in that group, even when, like you said, his, his shots necessarily aren't falling the way they were at the start of the year. I look at this team, Julia, and I say the microcosm, the thing that I look at every night, when the, whether they win or lose, is I'm looking at Patrick Williams' line and knowing he's playing 30-plus minutes and knowing sometimes he's giving you you know, 15 points and he's filling up the stat sheet. Other nights, he's not doing much. And it, it's like when you watch the game and you know he's out there because the ball does go through him on offense. He gets, you know, catches the ball, decides to pass or shoot or whatever. At times, he's looked like he is trying to force the issue – at other times, he's just like a guy who's on the team. I, I I don't know what to make of where he stands with this team, not just right now, but going forward and how they view him and look at him, a guy who was obviously a top pick in the draft. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, something that I've seen from Patrick is that a lot of times we've started seeing him really get consistent in those first quarters. He'll come out, hit a couple threes, look really nice on the offensive end. He's consistent all the way through on the defensive end, but he'll just kind of stop taking shots as the game goes on. He'll take less shots in the second quarter, less in the third, and then sometimes he'll only take one or two in the fourth. And I get that on one hand. I get that sometimes he's still deferring a little bit to some of those veteran players. He knows that, you know, DeMar down the stretch in the fourth quarter is so dependable that maybe he's going to look to him a little bit more. But I think that's one of the things I'd like to see from Patrick Moore because the team believes in him. They've been emphasizing that they don't necessarily put as much of pressure on him in terms of just this quick development, quick growth that I know a lot of fans obviously want to see. They want to see him at full potential as soon as possible. But I think for me, what I'd like to see is just him taking a little bit more risks in the second half and just taking a little bit more shots in that area and not feeling necessarily like he can't own those moments. Mm. And I think that's just one of those steps for him because we, we know he has it in him. We know that he has that ability, but until he's really testing, testing himself in those areas, it's going to look like that feeling of he does kind of fade into the woodwork, especially in, in those closing moments of games. I'm just going to remind everyone, like I remind myself every time I watch the Bulls play, okay. the man is 21 years old. He's 21 mm-hmm. years old. That, that, it seems but you still like- want him to care. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, I think he does care. I think he. I think there's yeah. a lot of no. If I you think, were to put, if you were to take the Bulls roster and then take the guys that care and put it in order, he would not be in the top five guys that care. I think he. I think he plays like they I care. I think he's worried about fitting in when he's playing with that I agree big with three that. and those superstars and knowing where he falls in rank. That's what Julius' so point before, was. I agree before with we that. let you get out of here, I just want to know. On a personal tip, are you salty? Are you happy? How do you feel about not being in Paris since the Bulls only have one game this week? I just need to know. Like, where where do you stand on that? Listen, I would. I'd love to be out there. Definitely, I think anyone who covers the Bulls or just cares about them would love to be on that trip. But you know what? I'm going to go see my mom. I'm going to celebrate her birthday this week. So silver lining to everything. Um, at least there's that positive to it, and I'm looking forward to watching them play over there on Thursday. Well, she has her she has her French book in her hand right now. She was practicing. She downloaded Duolingo, and she's she's really upset to be very honest. Look, I'm giving you a lovely au revoir. That's all. That's all I can do. Bonjourne. Bon voyage. Exactly. <laughs> oh, we're tr- we're trash Americans right now, Julia. Thanks for hanging out with us today. We appreciate you giving us some time. Yeah, thanks, guys. You have a great day. Julia Poe from the Chicago Tribune, and that's me after eight us. years of French, by the way. I speak French. I just speak it in a very Alabama accent. You speak French? We. Oui. Je parle beaucoup français parce que j'ai étudié à Québec. Damn!
Like I couldn't, okay. af- I couldn't afford the um, study abroad in Paris, so okay. I went to Quebec, well, sh- that, the Quebecois. Learned Dude, a little bit of that. I want to talk to you about Quebec during the break because that's somewhere I want to go. All right, he's Marshall Harris. I'm Gabe Ramirez. We are filling in for Parkins and Spiegel, and I want to ask a question to the audience. Want thank you for opening up the lines, Tyler Buterball. Um, and it is just this: we know Demar Derozan is not with the team right now. Quad injury, that's tough. So, Marshall, I'm gonna ask you and and you in the car. If this team never got Demar back. Let's, work, let's operate on the assumption that the team never got DeMar back. What would the Bulls need in order to be better to take them to the next level? We saw the game against the Warriors. We saw how they played and how they operated. What do you think is missing? What, you can, you, it could be a player or it could be a specific uh, statistical thing that you're looking at. Um, but if DeMar wasn't there, because that is a possibility that DeMar could be gone at the trade deadline and you have a team that's with Zach and Vooch, but what else would you want in that space? What else could could round out the Chicago Bulls to make you feel good about that team? And don't say a 33-year-old score, all right? 312-644-6767. What could the Bulls use if they never got DeMar back? What does that look like? We'll take your calls on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez, Marshall Harris from CBS2 right here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on 670 The Score. Yeah, I mean, we... I, I've played a game in Mexico before where, it's, you know, you go out, you know, look at other country and you do something like that. But you know, it's a little bit different going overseas. Um, I'm excited um, playing in front of a new demographic. But you just got to be ready. Might be a little jet lag, a little time difference. But at the end of the day, it's basketball. Gabe Ramirez, Marshall Harris here on Martin Luther King Day in the city of Chicago. It is an absolute pleasure. Um, we it really talk- is, though. It, no, I just want to. It yeah, really is. A That's why I did it. Let's live there for a second. An absolute pleasure to be uh, uh, on the radio on this day. You know, I see. I, I'm always smart. I got to be smart on my words. Go ahead. And sometimes you just can't take be. a moment. Nah, <laughs> take a moment. <laughs> like the job. stage is yours. <laughs> no, I like, I like your job too. So What's good? This is just. It's just good to be on the radio uh, in these moments. Um, I think that a lot of people shy away uh, from the day and from what it means, and especially when they have this kind of a platform, and I've never been one to do that. Um, so, again, I'll just say in the moment, because I have more opportunities, that it is an absolute pleasure to be on the radio today. So you're leaving it at that? Yes. Okay. Well, it's a pleasure to be here with you, Gabe, and I, you know, I, I don't know how many more platforms I'm going to have to say anything, so I'm just going to say it's great. As I said at the start CBS of the show, too, you'll, be, you'll be doing sports later tonight. So yeah, my time is my time is very limited there. So wrap it up, B. Yeah, wrap it up tight. No crosstalk with the anchors. I, I don't even care if they talk to you. Don't talk back. All right. Oh, that was so funny. Great to say. Exactly. <laughs> you got to wrap it up. I got. That's the how it goes about fifty percent of the time. I, yeah, I believe yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But you enjoy it, right? Yeah, I, I I enjoy. I work with the like the best people. Yeah. You know, uh, you talk about Joe Donlin and Erica Sargent. Albert Ramon, like when we're on set together, and then at four. I love Albert Ramon; he's my new favorite guy. Yeah, listen, we're on when we're on the air together. Um, at four o'clock, cutting up. Really, Marisa Vajra and Jim Williams, the the legendary Jim Williams. Legendary. We, we just we just be cutting up. That's that's good and, to hear. And that's what that's what I'm here for. That's why I do sports and not news. The murder, death, kill is not me. I know you it don't exists. seem like that guy. I know it exists. Sure. I know it's something we need to be, you know, aware of. We need to address. But like, yo, life is hard. Let's get these jokes off. 
listen, and there's no better way to do it and, or, or platform to have on TV because you could be that guy that kind of cuts through those things, you know, in that space. But you're right, man. It's tough. Chicago's a sports town, but it's also a town that's filled with uh, those, that, those kinds of news stories. Yeah, there's a lot going on. There's a lot that's been going on. So like I said, today is a day of celebration, mm. a day of service, yes. And yes, we have a long way to go. Most certainly. But let's not ever forget about how far we've got. My, my parents went to school, just to, so you yeah, know. Yeah, I'm here. We're talking about age. They, they were in school when the schools were integrated in Alabama. Mm. Like, my mom used to get called names that they don't even call anybody anymore. Like, yeah, yeah. Let your, let your imagination run wild on yeah. that. So, like, for me to be doing what I'm doing now, like, there's really a lot of truth in you are your ancestors' wildest dreams. Mm. Like, or maybe just your parents' wildest dreams or your grandparents' wildest dreams. It is. And, it, and, it, and when, when you're finally put in those positions, because you work so hard to get to where you are at, that you kind of, you're constantly thinking about it, but you're still living in the moment because you're a 2023 individual that's got to pay the bills, that's got to do these things. And you don't realize how far-fetched the idea is to our ancestors to think, like to us, it's like, no, this is what you do. But to them, it, it couldn't even have been a, a reality, a possibility. Wouldn't even have been something that would have been discussed. They would have probably sent you in a different direction. Right. Oh, my mom tried to send me in a different direction. Oh, <laughs> so let's be clear. My parents oh. tried to send me in a different direction. She was like, don't you want to be an engineer? Oh. I was like, uh. That's boring. Yeah, that's, no, no, no. I don't want to sit at a desk all day. How do, you, how do you like your time in Chicago so far? You mentioned that you've been here for about a year and a half, right? Listen, I got here in July of 2021. 20. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, that sounds right. And last year or two years ago? Two Damn. years ago. I've yeah. been here a year one, and a half. Two, so like we're coming up on okay. that. And so my 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 number one thing is I got here and it, it really it wasn't great because everything was kind of still shut down. The mask mandates were still in place. COVID was out here running running around like what? Uh but since that has gone away and we've gotten back to kind of more normal, one thing I say about this past summer, summertime shy is elite. There is no better place. <laughs> To be. But Chicago will do that to you. Chicago will make you feel like it's the greatest place on earth in the summer and make you think you want to move here and then all of a sudden slap you in the face. And be no, like, no, no, no. I have not been slapped. I've been gent- gently massaged <laughs> across my face in the this winter. This has been a mild winter No, so no, far. but last winter was mild. That's what I'm saying. I've like, lived in Pittsburgh. I've lived in Philadelphia. I've lived in Cincinnati. They've all had way worse winters than anything I've experienced in watch Chicago. Your mouth. Watch your mouth because Chicago's listening. <laughs> you Chicago remember like three or four down. weeks ago when we had like, oh, blizzards coming, yeah. all that? Yeah. I was like, oh, this is it? Okay, I'm good. Chicago's no. Chicago's good for one of those two where everyone will say 12 inches of snow, minus 20 degrees, and they say that so that that way you can expect the worst, but then it'll just be like a light, light little something. And look, look, I will say this. It has been a very dark time, not weather speaking, yeah. in Chicago sports. It has been. You look at what all the, the pro sports teams, outside of the sky winning the championship, like... You've had a, t- you've had a fun year and a half on CBS too, Mark. Yeah, look, look, like what have the Bears done? What have the Bulls done? What have the Blackhawks... Yeah. Well, yeah. What but you're, it seems it seems like you're on the beginning. The good thing is that because you've been here for a year and a half, you're at the beginning stages of what can be something great. Oh, so I can Whether look back and, and, and play my Drake. Started at the bottom, now yeah, we're here. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Okay. And that's, no one will fault fair. you for it. Marshall Harris from CBS2. Make sure you check him out. What time are you on today? Uh, we Four, five, six, and ten. Hey. Yeah, we get in. We Happy get, Martin Luther King. <laughs> <laughs> it's an honor to serve CBS two today. Yes, it is. All right, uh, but he is going to be here with me. I'm Gabe Ramirez until two o'clock. We're filling in for Bernstein and Holmes. Um, so 
we, we, we've talked about, you know, we're going to talk about Bears in the next hour. We've got a couple minutes left here. And we were talking about the Bulls a second ago. And I, and I mentioned what would the Bulls need in the event that you don't get a DeMar DeRozan back. I want to be very clear. I don't know how severe his quad injury is. I've had one. I don't know if you've ever injured your quad. I knew. I talked to Darnell Mayberry, as a matter of fact, uh, that covers the Bulls for the athletic. The day after that injury, and he was like, you know, DeMar sitting in the, in the post game with a toothpick, and he thinks it's not a big deal. And I, I said, I said, Darnell, I've had a quad injury, and let me tell you something. He's not playing against the Wizards on Friday. And I was like, he's going to be out. That, that thing is, is not anything to play with. And sure enough, we've seen him now sit on the bench for these last two games. So we have no timetable. When you're looking at the injuries for the Chicago Bulls, whether it be Lonzo Ball, Javante Green, there is that level of mystery that exists out there uh, when it comes to a, a timetable of a return. So if the Bulls were to have an extensive period of, of a demarless basketball, and let's say he does go somewhere at the trade deadline, what would this team in particular be short of in order to compete, at least to get themselves out of a play-in situation, Marshall? To get into it? To, to, to get out of a play-in situation. So, so to get to that, like, sixth seed, like, where, damn. Well, you yeah, no hope in, 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 in my Chicago Bulls. Okay, hold on. Did, did you see anything? Have you seen anything this season that says this can be one of the top six teams in the East? Let me just ask you a question okay. before I start. Okay, okay. Uh, are you talking about with or without DeMar? Either. Either. I, I think I think they <laughs> – you got to remember, I'm a super homer. So it, I, my answer is always going to be yes. But, like, the Knicks are sitting at the sixth spot right now. Do I think the Bulls are better than the Knicks? Yes. Despite the fact that they lost to them uh, multiple times, I, I, I think they are better than them. I think they're better than the Indiana Pacers. I think they're better than the Atlanta Hawks. So I think they can kind of, you know, get into that space. Wait, that, wait, I, wait. Hold on. Why are they better than the Knicks? They have a they have a, a better primary score, right? You could you, I would put Zach or Demar over anyone that can score on that team. I think you know Jalen Brunson is good, but I don't think he's better than either of those pieces. I think the Bears the, the Bulls have a better second unit. I think what I think where they've lacked in those games that they lost was just defensive effort. And so yeah, I do think that the Bulls are better than the so Knicks. that defensive effort is just going to turn on. Hey man, you know it's a long season. You got to get your legs underneath. You got some old guys there. <laughs> That could be there. I, I think. I think you need to. I think they need to see. I think the Bulls are are dealing with this year a little bit of what like the Cubs dealt with after they won the the, the ring, where it's like they think that they're good enough to be in that space. You did but you not just compare go. the Bulls making the playoffs yeah. to the Cubs winning the World. We're Series. in Chicago. This is what you got to do. You have to reference points of different sports moments. Can they not be apples and oranges of, in terms of the level of success from okay, the previous what? season? I didn't talk about the World Series. I talked about the years following the World Series. Oh, you said the ring. I heard, I heard yeah, was the right, ring. right, right. And what I said was the years after that, where the Cubs couldn't come through because they thought that they just belonged there and they forgot that they had to actually play the games. And that's what I think is going on with the Chicago Bulls where they they sat in that sixth seed last year and they thought that they were just going to be able to waltz right into that same spot, forgetting that they actually have to play the games and put in the effort day in, you know saying, day after day. And I think that's what they're missing in those things. So, because we got about a minute left, what do you think that the Bulls need in order to get themselves into that position? They need Patrick Williams to be Patrick Williams, the best version of himself every night. The guy who can score 18 points every night. He's got to give you 15 a night. If he does that, he guards the other team's best you know, right. player and does that. They have a chance. Otherwise, you look up and down the roster and tell me who can do more than what they're already doing. You're right. It is. Pat- I said coming into the season, he was the X factor. That remains my statement, my belief. And I think Julia really hit on it when she's like sometimes, and I get it, when you got a big three, if you miss a shot, 
you get like stared at a little bit more hard from 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 the guys that are there. I think Pat Will runs into that situation a lot. Everybody misses shots. Keep and that's shooting. The thing. And that's the thing. You got to get him to, to to that level of confidence. It seems like he has that. I've seen him a little bit more jovial lately, laughing on the bench, things that I hadn't seen in years in the years past. But you're right. In the last four games, this man's taken more than eight shots once. It's not. It's not good enough. Especially the other game where he like had like six quick points in the first quarter, and then you didn't see him take another shot to the third. Run, like, dude. And maybe some of that is coaching. Run the offense through Patrick Williams a little bit more, especially with DeMar out. This is a chance, yeah. a golden opportunity. I like I like that he you know went to the rim and tried to dunk on somebody yesterday. Oh, I did like that. The baseline, John? Uh, baseline, John. Yeah. But, I, but I will say this. What he needs to do, and the same thing that Io was doing yesterday that he hadn't done in the last couple of games, shoot that mid-range, baby. DeMar DeRozan is letting you know that that can be a weapon in the NBA. And one thing that both Io and... And Pat will do extremely well is shoot that mid-range. So hopefully we can get a little bit more of that uh, to see some success from the Chicago Bulls. All right. I'm Gabe Ramirez. He's Marshall Harris. This is 670 to score. Uh, we're going to flip the script a little bit, get back to the Bears, and uh, try to figure out uh, what this team needs to do to get into the actual playoffs next year. NFL, that is. All right. It's Gabe. It's Marshall. Uh, we'll be back after this at 670 to score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 